0: so great to be here this morning to celebrate our graduates and to get in the Word of God. Um, This year's senior class has been such a blessing for me to see grow up and mature in their faith. One of the privileges of being in a position for such a long time is you really do get to see them all grow up from sixth grade to senior, and there's so many funny memories and stories along the way. Uh, We've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and the amazing together. Uh, Many of them have served in different uh, levels of leadership in our student ministries or in our uh, middle school ministry. I've seen them make confessions of faith, get baptized, and grow in their walk with Jesus. Um, I'm definitely going to miss having them around. They've been an amazing senior class. Um, Before we dive into our message today, uh, would you please join me in praying for our graduates? God, we thank you for all that you've done for these students for being with them through the adversity and the triumphs they've experienced, I pray that you continue to be with them in their next phase of life. Whatever it might look like, as they potentially face new and sometimes overwhelming experiences, please give them perseverance and courage to get through it all. Help these students to continue to feel your presence and have your strength with them as they head off and discover who and whose they are. I ask for your guidance and discernment as they face complicated decisions and grow into the Christ followers you desire them to be. More importantly, help them to be able to comprehend just how much you love them and are there for them. We love you, God, and it is in your name we pray. Amen. One of the the many traditions of graduation are others giving you words of wisdom around this time of year. So, I'd like to start my time by passing some wisdom on to our graduates. And all of my wisdom is very profound. Uh, first, don't eat Chef Boyardee ravioli every day for an entire semester if you don't want to ruin Italian cuisine for the rest of your life. When it comes to finals week, always make sure you set for AM instead of PM. Turning dirty clothes inside out is not a successful or appreciated way for prolonging doing our laundry. (laughs) And lastly, uh, taking out a student fund, taking out a student loan to fund your Domino's pizza habit is not a great way to utilize your resources. I say these things jokingly, but there truly is something that has been incredibly um, deep in my heart for this group of students. But it's also been on my heart for all of us here at TFRC. And that is that we know just how loved we are by God. God's love will never cease to love us. God's love will never cease despite anything that we say or do. And I think it's important sometimes to just take a moment and remember that. As we live into whatever new season of life we're heading into, it's so vital that we take these moments to reflect on God's love and what it looks like to live into his love. Cuz God will always love us, but what does it look like for us to live into it? Our passage today comes from 1 John chapter 4 verses 13 through 21. Our scripture reader for today is one of our terrific seniors, Jacob Miller. So Jacob, would you please make your way up to the podium? Uh, Here at TFRC, we all stand for the reading of God's word as a reminder that it is central to our lives and that is to be the primary focus uh, uh, lens through which we we understand our lives. So Jacob, uh, whenever you're ready, please go ahead and read. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. We have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God and lives in them and they in God. And so we live and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how we know love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister and whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. And he has given us this commandment. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Thank you, Jacob. You can all be seated. The books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are written to small house churches of predominantly Jewish followers of Jesus. 1st John is not really written much like a letter, but more of a poetic sermon to the people. The goal of of this letter is to remind uh, these people to stay strong in their beliefs in the midst of adversity. In the midst of chaos, uh, John writes to these people and he writes to them to be anchored in love in the midst of chaos. It's inevitable that whatever lies ahead for each of us, we will have seasons of chaos and adversity. But it's important that we're reminded that regardless of what we do or what circumstances we're in. God loves us. And we are called to live into that love. Our passage today shines light on what it looks like to live into the love that God gives us. It starts by telling us that we can do this through abiding in God's love. Verses 13 through 15 speak of living in God, and God also living in us. When we do this, we actually begin living in his love. To live in is also translated as abide, or to dwell. Because God lives in us, we can abide in God's love for us. It says that we abide in God's love through his Holy Spirit, through his word, and through a faith in Jesus. Verse 13 says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. We are able to abide in God through the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we choose to put our faith in Jesus, we are given his spirit to dwell inside us, to help us discern and understand what it is God is trying to tell us, where he's trying to lead us. This allows for God to dwell in us and for us to dwell in his love. This abiding relationship is not one-sided. It's reciprocal. We abide in him and he in us. And it's a reflection of the relational nature of who God is. John continues to show us what it looks like to abide in his love in verse 14 when he says and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world here john is abiding in god's love through testifying about his first hand experiences that he had with jesus to testify meant to have an account of although we do not have a personal account of jesus being right here next to us we do have a testimony of his life through the word of God. A way that we abide in God's love is through abiding in his word. We do this when we choose to live obediently to what it teaches us to do. And we do this when we memorize and internalize scripture into our hearts, into our minds. When we dwell in God's word and allow for it to dwell in us, We are abiding in his love. Verse 15 adds to how we abide in God's love when it says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. We are able to abide in God's love through the faith and relationship that we have with Jesus. To abide in God's love means to sit in it, to trust in our faith in Jesus to put his love as the cornerstone for for who we are and what we trust in. That can be hard to do because sometimes the only person we want to trust is ourself. But more often than not, we find ourselves letting ourselves down. But it's not just ourselves that we put our trust in. Instead of abiding in God's love, It can be easy to find ourselves abiding in the opinions of others around us, of abiding in accomplishments or successes that we have in life, or in our financial stability, our personal desires, or maybe even our failures and our fears. Instead of abiding in God's love, we rest and dwell in things that drain us of our life graduates, whether you're heading to college or you're you're joining the military or you're entering the workforce, I want to challenge you to start this new journey off on the right foot by abiding in God's love for you. Listen to and engage where it is the Holy Spirit is leading you. Spend time in his word. Let it resonate in you. Let it dwell in you. And continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. So it can help dictate where you go in life. Living into God's love also means we must be able to acknowledge God's love. Verse 16 says that we must know and rely on the love God has for us. Our passage really doesn't give us much description of what that love looks like though. So we're gonna to have to go somewhere else to look at that description of love, to get an idea what it looks like. We're gonna be turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through seven, if you'd like to turn with me. It says this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Because God is love, as the passage says, we can transpose uh, those descriptions for his love onto this passage and to the nature of who he is. It says that we're supposed to know and rely on God. But do we really know it? Do we know of God's love? The Greek word used in this passage is gnosko. There's a Hebrew equivalent called "yada," And this Hebrew word Implies more than just a head knowledge of something, but also to have touched or experienced it. As some of you may have heard, I just got back from a two-week study trip with my wife to Israel. Uh, I got back at 4 a.m. yesterday, so it was a little bit of a quick turnaround. Um, While there, we were able to better get to know and understand the Scriptures, as we walked through the land where it all happened. We saw with our eyes. We heard with our ears. And we felt in our hearts that we knew Scripture in a deeper way because we were able to experience it. To entails an experiential knowledge that allows for you to come back to it in the future. That's sort of how the Jewish culture uh, would truly get to know something, by looking back at it and having a tangible experience that allows for them to be like, yes, I do know that. It could draw them back to look at the promise that God has for them. As we look at our passage again that we just read about God's love, let's look at it through the lens of Yada. God's love is patient. It's a couple that's been praying through their infertility for years and finally gets a baby placed in their arms. God's love is kind. It's being stuck on the side of the road and having a stranger come to help you. God's love is not envious, boastful, or proud. It's the anonymous donor that helps get a student to summer camp, pays for a doctor's bill, or volunteers behind the scenes. God's love is not dishonorable, self-seeking, easily angered, or keeps any records of wrong. It's a student choosing to be a part of a campus ministry instead of the life of the party. Lastly, God's love protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. It's the missionary stuck in prison in a foreign country for being faithful and proclaiming the gospel. We truly come to know and rely on God's love when we fully experience it. We can experience it through others, but we also have to remember that we can come to know God's love through how we show love to others. Because we abide in God and God in us, We need to da God's love so that we can better know and understand what it truly is and how it feels. As we live into his love through abiding in and knowing his love, we should find assurance through his love. Verse 17 and 18 says, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. When we fully live into God's love, it says that we will have confidence. Confidence in the day of judgment, but I'm going to say also confidence in the everyday life that we live. But that confidence needs to transcend the the things that we're going through. It says here that no fear in love, there's no fear in love, and that when we are fully living into God's love, he drives out the fear, and it's gone. This is not to say that there aren't things in life we're supposed to be afraid of. Fear is a, a natural human feeling. When there's a child running onto a busy road, we should feel a fear and we should act on that fear. Fear is not bad. What's being said is that living in God's love should stop fear from disabling us to be able to act courageously the way that God wants us to. If we find ourselves fearful of our circumstances or what's to come, maybe we need to look at what it is we are abiding in. Is it God's love? Or is it something else? This aspect of living into God's love is one that I have always struggled with myself. And I'm sure there's a lot of you here that do as well. Instead of living into God's love with courage, I tend to live with insecurity and uh, I struggle with confidence. And this keeps me from truly living into the person that God has created me to be. But when we live into His love, when we abide in it, when we yada it, we can find our confidence. In his love. And quite frankly, sometimes that's the only confidence I can rely on. It drives out that paralyzing fear that can keep us from being the courageous followers of Jesus we are called to be. Graduates and congregation, as we face new obstacles and challenges that potentially change the rest of our future, Remember that when we live into God's love, we can live confidently and courageously because of the assurance his love gives us on this end of eternity and the next. Our passage closes by telling us to live in God's love by taking action. Verses 19 through 21 says, We love God, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. We are called to share the love that we have been living into, the love that God has for us. When we give our love to others, it reflects who God is. There's an interesting detail in these few verses, and maybe you you picked it up, but it says that we are to love our brother and our sister, not our neighbor. Now, of course, we're supposed to love our neighbor. But that's not the point of this passage. The call to act on God's love in this passage is referring to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a call to live in community as a body of believers who are there for one another. Earlier I mentioned that the book of 1 John was written to churches that were going through a lot of adversity. For us to live into God's love as we face adversity or new challenges, we need to be involved in a community of fellow followers of Jesus. To help each other experience the love we need to to feel, to get through the hard times. We all have different ways that we act on God's love. Maybe it's through service, maybe it's through your contributions, maybe it's through being a great friend. But if we live into the love that God has for us, as a body of believers, we should be able to fully experience the love of God and live into it in a way that is not possible on our own. In a way that can get us through anything that life throws our way. Graduates, I want to challenge you that wherever it is, God is taking you. To find a body of believers that can love on you. And in in reverse, that you can love on them and bless them as well. Because when you find that, you'll be able to get through anything that comes your way. And for those of us here who get to stay here and be here for a while, what if we could be that community of believers? one who loves unconditionally to the people that are sitting here to help us get through the hard times that we face ahead. Imagine what that could look like. As we look towards what's next in all of our lives, let's make it a priority to abide in God's love, to know God's love, And to imitate that love and give it to others so that we can take on whatever it is the world throws our way. Are you allowing yourself to fully abide in God's love? What component of living into his love do you maybe struggle living out? Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful to be here today to celebrate our graduates. God, I just ask and I pray and I plead that our graduates leave here today knowing just how much you love them and that there's there's an avenue for them to live into that love so that they can get through anything that comes their way. Lord, help them to abide in you. Help them to know you, to die you, so that they can grow into the followers of Jesus you've created them to be. And let that be the same for all of us here today as well. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's close with this blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.